What if Cha Kui Tiao was like the gospel presentation? That is the series that we're currently on. And today we're in episode 9. If Cha Kui Tiao was like a gospel presentation, what does it reveal about what happens in sanctification? Now, in the previous episode, we, deal, we dealt with justification, which, which uh, is um, extremely essential to understand in the gospel presentation. Now, sanctification is, is likely a word you may not use in a gospel presentation with a new believer, but yet the understanding of it is so critical to be ready, to be ready for questions because, because um, uh, people have likely heard many different gospel presentations and and this contributes often to the confusion of of um, uh, discerning the true gospel and so we, we have to be ready to under to, to explain to give a, give a reason for the hope that we have yes and to help people to distinguish uh, between justification and sanctification um, and so justification as we we uh, we explained in the previous episode, is the sovereign act of God, the sovereign grace of God to declare someone as righteous. He is both just and the justifier. So how does he satisfy this justice? Well, he poured out the wrath that should be on you and me upon his substitute, upon the, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so that we, so that sin is... Uh, completely dealt with and this dissatisfies the justice of God and he is also able to justify the sinner who repents and put his trust in him All right so justification is a, a monogistic work of God that means that it is a hundred percent done by God and God alone we contribute nothing to that justification we do not deserve it it is totally by the grace of and mercy of God, which, which is basically undeserved favor. Now, glorification, right? Uh, well, justification sets us free from the penalty of sin. Right? And then glorification uh, sets us free from the presence of sin, because in heaven there is no sin whatsoever. So glorification is also a monogistic work of God, because we contribute nothing to it to be set free from the presence of sin and brought into his presence. It's all part of his uh, sovereign, gracious work to save those that he chooses. But sanctification, which is in between justification and glorification, because once you're justified by God, set free from the penalty of sin, uh, you have, you are reconciled with God, you have, a, you have a, you, you're, I mean, even before justification, you're regenerated, you're given a new heart, uh, you've been made a new creature, creature, and then now you're able to, to uh, you have new desires, new affections for God, um, and God still leaves you here on earth, right? Um, very few of us are like the thief on the cross, where uh, we go through life consequences, and then God providentially. Um, ordains for for us to be re regenerated and to be to be saved uh, while in the midst of uh, you know, our death punishment right very few of us are going to be like the thief on the cross after that after we have come to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ 
God still leaves us here on earth because that's part of his plan, right? So he doesn't glorify us immediately and bring us straight to heaven. No, he leaves us here. And that is the Christian life. That, that is sanctification. And that is a synergistic work of God. That one, there is God, God works with us. So man has a responsibility. So let me let me just clarify it again. In justification and glorification, it is a monogistic work of God. It is completely God's work. We contribute nothing to it. But sanctification is a synergistic work. That means God works with us. So we have a responsibility. God will sovereignly work through everything that uh, that He has planned and ordained. But man, but we have a responsibility to follow him, to respond. All right, let's look at Romans 8 and, and see this. Uh, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse... Verses 30, right? Now here... Um, we can see in verses 28, let's start at verse 28. And this is referring to the Christian life right here. And we know that God causes all things, and all means all, right? Uh, what we consider good and bad, but actually from God's perspective, everything is going to be used for His glory and, and to be used for His children's good. Right? So it causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. And what is that good, really? Verse 29, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son. From God's perspective, the measurement of good is to be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? And this is, this is critical to get, right? Because uh, we, we have so many definitions of, definitions of good, right? There's good financially, there's good in quality, there's good in the beauty, there's, there's, there's all kinds of good, right? But from God's perspective, good is to become more like Jesus. So for he, he conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And let's look at verse 30. And these whom he predestined, he also called. So he, if you recall in one of the episodes, we look at Ephesians where it says that he chose who he wants to save even before the foundations of the earth in eternity past. So he chose the people that he wants to save out of his sovereign love, his sovereign grace. But then calling them, he calls them while they are on earth, right? So he chose them in eternity past, in heaven, before the foundations of the earth were laid, but he calls them, right? Just like, just like when he regenerates them, he calls them, right? So he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. So here is the unbreakable chain of salvation. Right, so um, justification is guaranteed. Glorification is guaranteed. Um, and in the middle right there, um, the Apostle Paul in Romans here is speaking about right now, those of you who have been justified, you're here. You can trust that God is going to use all things to work for the good of those who love Him and to use it to conform you 
to the image of Jesus Christ. He's going to use good times. He's going to use bad times. He's going to use trials. Um, he's going to use all of it to, to help us to understand what is in our own hearts so that we can see uh, our need uh, to continue depending on God and to be diligent, to be diligent, to trust and obey, to follow Him, right? To turn away from idols that are still in our hearts because the, the presence of sin still remains, but the power of sin has been broken. So we can turn away from the idols of our hearts to the great and living God. So that is sanctification, right? So th that is in Romans chapter chapter 8. Now, let's just go to Ephesians real quick. And, and uh, if, if you're there, and, and let's look at this important distinction between justification and sanctification. Uh, again, in a gospel presentation to an unbeliever or even uh, when, when conversing with people, there may not be a need to even bring up the term sanctification, but we must be ready because, like, like I said, um, this has caused great confusion. Right, chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. In verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Right. So justification cannot be separated from sanctification. A truly justified person will immediately begin his his uh, journey of sanctification. All right. Let me say that again. And sanctification is progressive. Right. We'll, we'll look at a few verses uh, right after this. Uh, but here you, we can see the distinction. We are saved by faith alone, grace alone, in Christ alone. It is totally a work of God. Right. To repent and to believe is not a work. Right. It is a immediate result of being regenerated by God, by being born again, by giving a new heart. And, and um, immediately, when we are born again, we start to live um, like children of God. Right? There is evidence that there is immediate evidence, actually, that we have been redeemed by God um, because of... Um, the the evidence which comes from fruit fruit of the of the new birth right fruit of repentance for example right there is a humble repentance that that I've offended God I've sinned against God and I and and uh, and there's there's a there's a there's a all-consuming gratitude for the grace and mercy of God that God has forgiven me through the Lord Jesus Christ and and I want to trust and obey him I want to follow him right um, we see this, for example, the difference between King Saul and David right, in the Old Testament. King Saul uh, is not repentant whenever he sins. Right? He continues all the way to his death. In fact, he takes matters in his own hands and kills himself at the end rather than trust God and repent to God. David also is a sinner. Um, yes, he, 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 is, uh, uh, he was used by God to, to defeat Goliath and all that, but if you look at his life, right? he fell into great sin too. But whenever he was rebuked, um, he repented because he recognized that his sin, his sin is sin against God. When you sin against another human being, you sin first, not against that person, but against the owner of that person. And that is God. God is the owner of everybody who, who, whom he created in his image. So when you sin against another human being, you sin first against God. And you've got to get that, got that, get that relationship right. 
Uh, we see the, the thief on the cross. Let's let's bring him up, up again, right? Um, if you look at look at him uh, in the Gospels, right? Um, he he was uh, crucified as a punishment for being a very hardcore robber, right? And and it's not just petty thievery, like like stealing something from the, from the supermarket, even though that is also sin, right? Uh, or 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 stealing is sin, right? Because it comes from a lack of lack of. Uh, uh, fear of God, right, and, and wanting to uh, get something not the right way. Uh, but he was he was not just stealing, but but in into hardcore robbery that would involve violence and possibly murder. And he was rightly being being uh, uh, bearing the consequences of it. We see him cursing um, at Jesus even at the initial part. But later there was a transformation in his heart. He he may have known about Jesus, he may have known about what Jesus taught, but right there next to Jesus and observing Jesus, how Jesus is responding to the to being crucified, responding to the crowds, he, his heart is transformed. And we see in the later part of the crucifixion, he rebukes his friend on the other side for cursing Jesus and, and tells him that, that uh, you, you're wrong. Right, we are getting what we deserve, but not this man right here. And in the end, he calls out to Jesus, "Repent, up, um, Lord, remember me in paradise." Right, and so we see an amazing change in the man's heart and the theology, which is the understanding of this man of God, who God is, who He is, and His, and what, and what, and understanding what Christ has done. And he responds. He sees his need. For this Lord and Savior, right, and immediately you can see that the the fruit of his of his lips are different. He talked to Jesus differently. He responded differently to life, right. There was a f- immediate fruit, even though there was barely enough time for him to do anything else. He can't earn his salvation. He can't earn his justification and glorification, but his we immediately immediately see the fruits of his sanctification right there, even on the cross. So this this is very very important to to, to distinguish, all right? Because because um, um, for example, Roman Catholics they, they they confuse this, right? And they they combine this. They cannot distinguish between justification and sanctification. They say that we need to do something to contribute to our justification. No, the, the Bible teaches very clearly that justification is a sole work of God. It is by His grace alone, right? But the fruit of justification is sanctification. The evidence of it is sanctification, right? Let's go to go, go to go to James, a very often com- commonly used text uh, um, by people um, to confuse others, right? James chapter two, verse twenty-six. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Okay, so faith without works is dead. He is, uh, um, in that chapter, again, James is, is in the context of this letter, right? James is writing to persecuted Christians who have been uh, dispersed, right? More specifically, uh, persecuted Christian Jews, right? Who have been dispersed right? due, to, due to maybe, right? The persecution uh, by Emperor Nero or even before that. Uh, and and he's writing to them to to continue to respond to this 
trial with joy, right? Chapter one talks about counting, counting in all joy. And he talks about how this is a, this is this is a trial to test to, to 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 refine you, to help you to be more like Jesus, right? So that so that um, your character may be more and more Christ-like. And he's talking about don't just say you have faith, no, but you bear a responsibility. You bear a responsibility to to live out that faith, right? Because if you say you have faith but you don't have works that again from Ephesians 2 right you are the workmanship of God created for good works if you don't have works then there's only two possibilities number one you are a disobedient uh, uh, disciple follower of Jesus Christ and God is going to discipline you lovingly right it will be hard but he will discipline you but but number two you might be a false convert you might be a false believer a false uh, disciple false false uh, follower um, you, you just you just profess Christ, but you don't possess Christ, right? This is a, this is this is extremely important. And we we who want to share our faith effectively, wisely, um, lovingly, we need to help people to see this, right? That that you're saved not by any works at all. You don't depend on yourself to get to heaven to see God. No, you repent. Of your sins humbly and then you um, gratefully receive the grace and mercy of God if there is no true humble repentance um, then it's not a repentance is a is a is a rep- so-called repentance that comes with worldly sorrow just just sorrow for the consequences of sin rather than a godly sorrow that sees that sin has destroyed his relationship with our relationship with God, and and um, we are rightly rightfully under His wrath, and we want to be reconciled to Him. Right, we want to make things right with God. Uh, that is a godly sorrow that leads to repentance. All right, so these are some key verses to remember. Right, Romans uh, eight thirty eight. This unbreakable chain of, of salvation, justification, and glorification is guaranteed. But in in between, there is sanctification. Right, and then Ephesians two ten about uh, was saved by faith, uh, and yet uh, created a uh, safe for good works. Right, James two twenty six. Faith without works is dead. All right. Well, we're gonna have to uh, continue the next time because this is getting long, and so I'm gonna make this. Uh, 9a and the and continue in 9b in the next episode thank you for listening to our podcast if you're hungry for more please subscribe and visit us at narrowgateoutpost.org